This is episode 109 of the Rising Man podcast with Robert Schwenkler. Speaking your truth is the new sexy. Good Rising family. Happy Thursday to you or Friday, depending on where you are in the world. Representing the Rising Man movement, my name is Jetty Azuma. As I've said many times over, our mission here at Rising Man is to initiate an entire generation of men so that our children and the coming generations have strong masculine leadership to guide them into an uncertain future. If there's one thing I've learned, it's that becoming a man is not an overnight process. It doesn't happen because you've listened to every episode of the Rising Man podcast or because you've read all the books on masculinity. You must get yourself in the game. You got to get your hands dirty. You got to get in the circle and mix it up with other men to learn how you want to be a man in this world. And after two years of clarifying the Rising Man message and establishing our roots and values, it's more clear to me than it's ever been. What men need most is brotherhood and a safe space where we can realize that we are not alone in our challenges, in our fears, and in our obstacles. So if you're listening to this and you're still out there doing it by yourself, you're still lone wolfing it. You're looking for a place to clarify your purpose, a place to sharpen your tools and discover how you want to be a man in the world. Then we got you. The Rising Man has your back. Just head over to risingman.org and check out our virtual fire circles, our four-day vision fast initiation, our video content, anything that's going to take the level of your performance up one, at least one, one step up. Whatever the next level is, lean in because that's the only way that you can generate change in your life. So do it. Make it happen. Today's guest for our interview is Robert Schwenkler. He is the founder of the Brotherhood Community, an organization dedicated to the development of integrated male leaders, men who fully embody their sensitivity and potency in service of a more beautiful, equitable, and sustainable world for all. Robert also works privately with select clients who are ready to create nonlinear yet exponential results in their careers, relationships, and lives. Here, he blends deep coaching and somatic healing to help clients triple their revenue, rekindle the passion in their relationships, and find deeper inner peace. He is also the creator of Authentic Dating Secrets with my other dear brother, Joshua Hathaway, who's been on the podcast here before. So in this episode, we covered a lot of juicy stuff around what men are missing when it comes to dating and attracting a relationship and then maintaining one. So in this episode, we discussed that an integrated man has access to all his emotions and parts, including grief, joy, and childlike wonder. What is the dating landscape like in 2020? I asked Robert to fill me in because I'm completely out of the mix. I haven't been dating since before 2012. So it's been a while for me. So he schooled me on some of that, shared a lot of things. I'm sure a lot of you guys out there who are still in the dating scene can relate to. We talked about the challenges that single men face in today's dating world. Will I look like a creep? Will I get rejected? Some of the common thoughts from men looking to connect with women. We discussed why women need to feel safe in order for sexual and romantic exploration to happen. One of the things Robert says is that women are walking around in the world already turned on. They just have to feel safe enough to let their guard down. Fascinating. We, we talked about this idea of how do I become a safe man and why hiding your sexual desires actually makes you more unsafe. It's creepy if you're hiding how you actually feel. That's why speaking what you're feeling is the new sexy, but doing it in a very specific way. And last but not least, why it's important to fill your cup with other men to get guidance, wisdom, and express your insecurities in that safe container that you always hear me talking about. But I'll let Robert tell you a little bit about that too. Without further ado, Robert Schwenkler. Hey, 
All right, Rising Man family, got another amazing man joining me here today. Man by the name of Robert Schwenkler coming in from LA. How you doing, bro? Yeah, doing great today. Yeah, man. Awesome. Awesome. A close bro of another guy who's been on the show before, Joshua Hathaway. And excited to talk about dating today <laughs> and, and yeah. what it's all about, man. I haven't been in the game of dating for, gosh, going on eight years now. So okay. whether it's Bumble or Timble or Tunder. Timble. <laughs> and, Timble and Tunder, I think, are the new ones. There you there. go. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm the old guy in the room when it comes to that. So I'm excited <laughs> to hear what you guys have to say about this and how we can help the guys out there who are who are looking to find that partnership that I think so many of us are seeking. Let's dive in. Awesome. So answer this first before we do anything about dating. What is the difference between a boy and a man? One thought is that there is no difference. Myself, all of the guys, we don't just do dating work. Joshua and I have an organization called the Brotherhood Community. We do deep inner work with men. We're all carrying around this part of us that just needs to be loved, that needs to be given attention, and that needs to express and to play and to be able to have moments where there aren't filters on. All of us have that part. And, you know, maybe what I would call the man part, I'm putting that in air quotes for people who are just listening, is the part who's got the self-awareness, the part who is able to notice what's going on inside of him and actually make a choice. Do I want to let this come through or am I going to speak about it, you know, use my words instead of just expressing it and letting the emotion through? Who's able to hold a container, who's able to hold space? who's able to be the witness to what's going on inside of him and outside of him and simply notice, you know. And a man can be any shade or combination of these elements. The kind of men that I want to see in this world, the kind of men that we're actively cultivating through our leadership trainings, through our dating trainings, through our men's community, are men who embody both of these elements, both of these qualities. Uh, I like to call it integrated masculinity. It's a man who's got access to his grief, to his anger, to his joy, to his child. And a man who's got full access also to the part of him who knows how to show the fuck up, who knows how to be present for himself, who knows how to put himself aside in the moments when it's important to be able to give attention, love, support to the people around him. So a man can mean many different things. That's the kind of man that I want to see on this earth. Sure. I'm in agreement with that. Access. I like the word access, having access to these different parts of ourselves. Uh, to me, yeah. when I hear access, there's a level of intention and choice that goes along with that because we all experience full ranges of emotions and things that we can or cannot tap into, but whether we can choose them, I think is also something that for me marks a difference between a boy and a man if we're making one. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's a lot of men out there who have compartmentalized parts of themselves. They don't even know that they're compartmentalized. They're just locked away, siloed away somewhere. Mm -hmm. That's not choice. Awesome, man. Well, let's let that be a pivot into this conversation we're here to have today. Like I said, I've been out of the game for a little bit. So what does the mm -hmm. landscape look like for guys who are dating right now? In 2020, what is it like for a single man to be out there? I'll talk about the guys that we work with. There may be different demographics or constituencies that look a bit different than this, but we tend to work with dudes who are good guys. They have a good heart. They typically have a very well-developed heart. They're good at doing the kind of friendly thing and being lovers. You know, they, they care. We don't tend to work with the kind of stereotypical alpha bro dude who's jock stereotype guy. We work with the guys who are kind of on the other side of the spectrum. So 
these are guys who want a variety of different things. Some of them do want deeper committed relationships. Some of them want to be able to have just more sexual experiences with women. And then in terms of the dating landscape, obviously this is 2020, we're recording this interview. There's a lot of apps, there's Tundra, there's Bimble. <laughs> there, <laughs> there's all these apps that people use out there to go connect with each other. It can be easy to go get sex through these apps for some guys, for some guys, they don't even know how to do that. Let's focus on that for a second. Do yeah. you think that that's problematic that we'll say intimacy has this efficiency component, this technological, modern, new age component to it. I don't want to call it problematic. I'm a firm believer that tools are tools and it depends on how you use them. Mm. Okay. So what's the utility of a tool like that, in your opinion? We get access to connection with a whole breadth of people that we never would otherwise. And I'm sure there's a lot of guys, I know there's a lot of guys listening who use these kinds of apps. So what type of instances are those tools being used like you're using a hammer to hit a screw, so to speak. Yeah. So the first thing that a guy needs to do is get clear on what he actually wants. And as you know, that doesn't always happen. And in the work that we do with guys and how I approach it myself, there needs to be a fundamental core intention that through this process, I'm getting more and more clear about what I want. What is it that I'm actually here for? And without going into a bunch of layers of details, what I'm here for, what I want is going to inform what kinds of tools I'm using and how I'm using them. Mm -hmm. And also where you go to look for those, for that thing. I think that yeah. that's a great thing to spotlight is how unclear so many men are. We may be yeah. tuned into some instinctual feeling of what we want, whether it's sexual urges or the urge for partnership, for family, for children, without actually giving thought to what that looks like and giving ourselves license to say what that looks like. That's a huge thing. And again, like I'm talking about, this clarity doesn't come just from sitting down and meditating or whatever. A <laughs> yeah. lot of guys are not going to know what it is that they want until they've had a chance to go out there and actually taste some of it. Uh-huh. Okay. So there's that phase that's necessary when it comes to getting clear. So what does that look like for a man getting clear on what he wants as far as relationship and intimacy? I could talk about different you know, types or avatars of guys, but let's make up a man. This is going to be a conglomeration of myself and some of the other guys that we've worked with, but let's, let's what should we call this guy? Oh gosh. Let's call him Roberto. <laughs> Roberto. <laughs> okay. That's you, right, but so not you. <laughs> this fictional, this fictional character, Roberto is a really nice dude. He's got a really good heart. He wants to make a positive difference in the world. He's interested in personal growth to some extent. He's been involved in it already. And somehow, maybe for religious reasons, maybe for cultural reasons, he grew up with a lot of suppression around his sexuality. He is scared to approach women because he doesn't want to look like a creep. Maybe he feels like he's going to violate some boundaries. Maybe he's just scared of rejection. One way or another, Roberto is scared to express sexual interest in a woman. Is Roberto also masturbating regularly to pornography and hiding his sexual expression? There's a significant chance that that's happening. Okay. There is a chance that he works a lot. He might be an overachiever and is really good at working, creating results in some other areas of his lives to kind of avoid the reality of his dating situation, which is that underneath these other, you know, maybe these modes of checking out through porn, through masturbation, maybe through work, he wants to have sex. He, and he hasn't gotten to do it a lot in the past. And he hasn't really gotten to unleash the primal part of himself, even when he does have sex, he might be, 
He might be scared to go too hard or scared to let it out too much or scared to put his hand around her throat. Scared to ask for what he wants, scared to scared. be clear about his desires. Yeah. All that stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. Roberto has been living a life where he knows on some level that there's desires, but he doesn't quite know what they are. He hasn't quite let himself want what he wants. He hasn't let himself put himself in situations where he can discover what it is that he wants. He hasn't put himself in situations where he's able to go opening up more and more of his masculine expression, his primal raw sexual expression in sexual interactions in dating contexts, in flirting contexts. So there are these layers to Roberto's experience as a sexual being, and there's no single way to get to the other side of these layers, but there are some really simple approaches at the same time that can allow him to come to know himself more fully, come to a more fully expressed place in his own sexuality that provides a lot of pleasure, not just for him, but for the, we're talking about straight men here, for the women that he's with. Sure. Well, let's talk about Roberto a little bit more before we start jumping into solutions or any strategies that might be helpful for guys that can relate to that. Because for me, I know that there's a lot of beliefs around how we ought to be showing up as men with our sexuality, with how we approach women. It's obviously a very sensitive social landscape right now with Me Too and many respects, rightfully so. I know for me, I believe this story previously that in order to respect a woman, I had to make her feel safe and comfortable. In order to make her feel safe and comfortable, that meant not expressing some of those more primal desires because I believed that that would be scary or intimidating or unwanted by a partner. And I know that there's a lot of guys who may even hear this that are so deep in the belief of what they think is okay, acceptable, and what women want that they're like, oh, well, that's not me. I'm not Roberto. I don't want that. Yeah. A little bit about me personally. If you'd have found me, when was this? 15 to 20 years ago, I wouldn't even let myself look at women on the street Mm. because I thought that I was objectifying them. And by even like looking at a woman and being attracted to her physically, I thought I was doing something harmful. Right. For me, it went all the way to that extreme. Yeah, it's deeply rooted, man. And I think, you know, without dissecting it too deeply, it's obviously part of the social narrative that we have around how some men have been historically when it comes to sexuality and intimacy. Yeah. And I think the piece that you're pointing to is a useful one for any guy listening to be looking at it. Again, it goes back to this piece that we were speaking about, which is some guys don't even know what it is that they want, you know? is sex. How important is sex to me on a scale of one to 10? One is it's not important at all. 10 is it's super important to have like a a really rich, meaningful sex life. In the past for me, I might've placed it at a six because I was disconnected from my own sexuality, my own sexual expression. What I want to say to a guy who's listening, who thinks that, yeah, sex isn't just that important to me, or I don't know how important it is to me. I'm not going to argue with you and tell you that wherever you place yourself on the scale of one to 10 is wrong. But what I want to tell you is that you get to have really deeply meaningful, sexy, hot, fiery, mutually beneficial. This is the place where guys get caught up a lot of times. Your sex gets to make her life immeasurably better and vice versa. This gets to be a synergistic process of expansion and connection that you can't get anywhere else. And to the guy who's listening, who's maybe unsure, if you want a sex life that gets to be what I just talked about, that gets to be transcendent and beautiful and deeply connective and healing and nourishing to everybody involved, if that's important to you, then good. 
because your sex has the potential to be an incredible healing force for you and for other people. Right. And before we keep marching down this road that we're going, I want to make sure that we don't lose some of the guys who I know there's guys, maybe they haven't had sex in a long time for one reason or another. And maybe if they've gotten so used to their reality, they're like, oh, well, that's just, that's not for me. It's not, I'm not allowed to have that. And then convincing themselves that, well, sex really isn't that important to me. This is a good opportunity to reflect and really look deep down and say, is this something that you want in your life? Because if you just haven't figured out how to create it, or there's some of these other blockages that are coming up that are preventing you from having that, that's where you get to lean in to where you can really make some change. Yeah. And pretty much all of us culturally, again, religiously, for whatever reasons, have taken on these pictures of what sex actually means that are much smaller than what's actually possible. Mm -hmm. And we're still at step one here. Get clear on what you want. Right. Right. Yeah. And if a really extraordinary sex life is you're like, oh no, actually that does sound good. That's something that I want. Then cool. You got step one is super important. And from there you can start making some choices and decisions and getting resourced in the ways, you know, for the guy who maybe hasn't had sex in a while, once you get clear on what you want, then you can start making some choices about how you're going to approach getting it. Cool. Okay. So let's bring Roberto back out into okay. the, into the platform. <laughs> okay. So Roberto's got a little brave and courageous. Maybe he was working with you and Joshua inside of the brotherhood and took your authentic dating secrets course. And he's like, all right, I want to put myself out there. I want to figure out what I want. What is the next step for him? Yeah. Well, you know, I feel like before we go there, I would love to talk a little bit about the work that we do with guys and that'll actually help inform the question of how a guy goes out there and does that. So we call it a a system basically, but it's not necessarily a linear system. It's not like do step one, then do step two, then do step three, but it's an ecosystem. And there are five components to this ecosystem. The first one is to know and own your value. It's to know that you're a good man, that you have value to offer other people and guys who are able to get this part of the system they're able to show up with confidence. They have this quality of magnetism and relaxedness and ease that's really attractive to women. Number two is understand her world. And you spoke to this earlier when you talked about women and their need for safety. And women need to feel safe in my experience. And not just my experience, we've talked to scores of women about this. Every single one says the same thing. I just need to feel safe. And then there's a lot of sexual desire that can come out. Once we understand that that's true, then we can say, okay, well, what is it that allows me to actually be a safe man? And this is where a lot of our wires get crossed. Like you mentioned, what does not constitute a safe man is a man who hides his sexual desire. That's not safe. So part three of this ecosystem is claim your desire. This means that you have full access to your desire. I don't want to say full because maybe we never get there, but you have a very wide open access to your sexual desire. You know what you want. You're not ashamed of it. And that means that you can put it out into the world. You can let her know exactly what you want and where you're at and do it in a way where you're not demanding anything of her. You're not making obligations of her. And she knows exactly where you're at. She doesn't have to guess. What's creepy is a man who makes a woman guess what the man wants. Yeah. That's an important pancake to flip right there, man. Because what you said is normally the narrative we have is, well, I've got to hide. I've got to conceal these desires because they're bad, shameful, sinful, fill in the blank. But it's exactly the opposite. And and I found the same to be true. It makes you unsafe. Joshua has this phrase that he loves to say, it's only weird if you make it weird. And it's very true right here. If you feel weird about your own sexuality, she is going to feel weird and it's going to get weird. Yeah. Okay. Nice. So that's three. Yeah. Part number four is now that you've got all of this in place, go take some action. 
Mm-hmm. Inner work is great. Understanding women is great. Owning your value is great. Claiming your desire is great. If you don't go out there and connect with some women. You mean I can't figure out what I want by sitting at home behind my screen, looking at your face, telling me what to do? <laughs> can't meditate your way into it. You've got to go have some face-to-face interactions with women. Right. So the the courageous step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then put yourself in community with other men. You know, paradoxically, one of the best ways for men to get just more of what they want with women is by spending more time with men. Mm-hmm. And I know that you know how this works. Absolutely, man. Because yeah. when we get our cups filled up with other men, when we do our inner work with other men, when we get mentorship and guidance with men whom we trust and who are walking down a path that we admire and respect, that resources us in ways so we can show up more openly, more fully, less in a state of need. Mm-hmm. And it makes us more attractive to women. Sure. Women want a man who's working on himself because over and over what I hear from women is such a theme is the guy who uses his primary romantic relationship as his really his only source of emotional support end up turning their partner into their therapist or mommy. And almost every woman I've talked to about men and relationships, she's like, no, don't want it. Don't want it. Common theme, don't want it. Right. And I found the same thing about specifically in what women will and will not tolerate. And I think there are many women out there who are willing to be with a man who's not yet where he wants to be, who's in the process, who's working on it. But that's the key ingredient is he's got to be in the game. He's got to be demonstrating that he's committed to bettering his best every day. We're never going to get there. The best you can ask of anybody is that they're fully engaged in their process. And that just puts you leagues above most of the other men out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to speak to the community piece specifically for a second, because this is something that I've seen more and more of is that women, they may not like it all the time. They may not like that you go to your men's circle once a week and it's a night that they don't get to have you, or it might be inconvenient with their timing and their needs and what they want on a scheduling basis. But overall, when they know that their man is going out and spending time with other dudes where he drops in and he takes care of himself and they see the results of what happens when he's been doing that consistently... They support it. They want that. If it came down to the choice of, okay, I'm going to be in a relationship with you and I'm not going to get resourced by my men's group and I'm going to turn you into my therapist Uh versus I'm going to go to my men's group, get resourced and show up cleaner and more present and less needy of you emotionally. Yeah. It's a no brainer. Totally, man. And in fact, ever since I've been doing the podcast and having this platform, so many women reaching out to me asking, how do I get my husband, boyfriend, partner to be involved in this? Oh, yeah. Again, there's a massive, I might say, need on the part of women for men to be engaged in this kind of work. And this has been one of the pieces that I'm just like, how do I communicate this to more men? And of course, you're engaged in the same process with your work and your podcast. It's like, guys, this is to your benefit in every single fucking way that you could ever conceive of. It's just a little bit uncomfortable to, you know, at the beginning and maybe it's a little bit uncomfortable, but. And that frankly, if it's not uncomfortable, I don't think it's as useful. If we can't be uncomfortable or be in that discomfort together as men, where is a safe place to do that? Then what are we doing? You know, what's uncomfortable for me is depression. What's uncomfortable for me is loneliness. What's uncomfortable for me is a feeling of impotency. Like I can't create what I want in my professional life, in my sex life, in my love life, the emasculation of that's fucking uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Well, speaking on that topic of discomfort and men's circles, I still find that we have a challenging time speaking about sex with each other. 
I think it's connected to a lot of the same stuff we already talked about, you know, mm-hmm. old religious stuff or social societal things. Do you find the same thing to be true, at least at first? Yeah, for sure. And there's the added layer between dudes, call it homophobia, call it what you want, but dudes tend to be less open about this kind of stuff with other dudes. Has been a big part of my process is becoming more relaxed, saying words like sex and masturbation and talking about this kind of stuff. And every guy is going through some flavor of it. Every single guy has got something going on in his life that he is unsure if he can or should share with anybody, let alone with other guys. Yeah. And how that connects in with the men's groups and the men's circles is the context I hold around that is that this may be the only safe place in the world where I can speak freely and openly about exactly what's true for me. And that in itself is a practice. That's not something that a guy comes in and just starts bearing his soul. There's a level of trust. There's a level of believing that you're not going to be judged for whatever the freaky, crazy things that go on in your mind or that you've done in your life before. But those are the kind of spaces we're talking about here. So the fact that more men get to have that and that we get to create that, I think is important, especially around this topic, because like you said, it's way creepier if we're trying to conceal our deepest desires instead of actually mm-hmm. just expressing and owning them. Yeah. So now that we've outlined this ecosystem a little bit, let's go back to that question that you were articulating, which is, help me find it exactly. How does he figure out what he wants? Cool. So he's got this stuff in place. He's doing the inner work. He's working on his inner confidence, working on really understanding what it is that women want, which is safety and how to actually do that and be that, which isn't what he thought that it was. And he's in community with other dudes. And from there, it's a really simple process, which is get the clearest picture that you can and go out and try and experiment. On some level, approaching a woman feels like death to a lot of guys. And this can be me for sure too. You know, It feels terrifying. <laughs> as long as you're not just an overt piece of shit, which I really don't think the guys who are listening to this podcast are going to go just be total jerks to a random woman, right? As long as you're not doing that, at best, you made a great connection. You got a phone number. You found your future wife and you're going to have off the chart sex. Yeah. Best case scenario. <laughs> Middle case scenario. You feel awesome about yourself because you went up and you approached her and you chatted with her and you said, hey, you look really beautiful today. And I just wanted to let you know. And it lit her up. It made her day. And she said so. Mm-hmm. Worst case scenario, you're really awkward. Got a funny story <laughs> to go home and tell her friends. You feel like a dope. And you take it to your guys and you process it. You think about it for a little bit and you get back in the game, so to speak. And you keep going out there and making connection with people that spark your interest. Yeah. And hopefully you have a good laugh at yourself too. And realize that every one of us has had an experience like that before. Yeah. And that's a really long way of saying you go out there and you act on your desire. You find out what results do you get. And then you've got more information and you have a little bit more clear of a picture of what do I want? How do I want to go out there and get it? Right. And I think that that fear of rejection that you described as death that I think all of us can relate to has something to do with being results driven. Because in our mind, it's like, well, what I want is I want her to say yes to go out on a date with me and I want to go home and have sex. And if she's my partner, I want to get married. And if that doesn't happen or the fear of that not happening or of hitting the bullseye is often what paralyzes us. I'm really glad that you mentioned that. And this is something we talk about often, flirting. What even is flirting? It's goalless play. It's enjoying an interaction because it's enjoyable to have an interaction and just connect with this person. And 
express what comes up for me without expecting or needing anything from her in return. See how it lands, play off of that. It's play. It's like kids get together and play on the playground. Flirting is the kind of sexually charged adult version of that. Yeah, with different degrees, different dials of flirting, right? I mean, yeah, just totally having a friendly chat with a female is a very entry-level flirting. And then, you know, if there's mutual interest, you start turning up the dial. And that's, I think it's a very healthy thing to do. I think it's something that a lot of us, like you said, we can't get over that awkwardness that we experience because we're just unpracticed. And part of it is just polishing our game, not game in a manipulative sense, not game to try and get our desires met. But literally, how do you relate? How do you make an interesting experience with somebody else? That's how mutual? do I go out and just play? Yeah, and have, have fun. fun. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. So is that part of what you guys, I guess, prepare guys for is flirting and the practice of that? We don't just prepare them for it, man. We practice this stuff. We <laughs> There's a number of different exercises and tools and practices. The work we do is not theoretical. Let me mm-hmm. just put it that way. Okay, cool. What's a sampling of a flirting exercise? Let me think of a good one here. This one's fun. I'm going to call this one less of even like a flirting one in the context of I'm going to connect with women and just flirting in the context. I'm going to go out and play and have fun with the world. One of the exercises that we've given guys in the past is to go out and talk to, and usually they're talking to women, but we're not confining it to that, but go up and talk to women and say, you know, for me, I might say, Hey, excuse me. I've got a a little bet going on with my friends. Who do you think I look more like Brad Pitt or Tom Cruise? (laughs) And the more you pick famous actors who look nothing like you, (laughs) the the funnier it gets. And it's just like a ridiculous way to go out there and create a connection and bring some play right off of the bat into a connection with another human being. It's kind of a low stakes thing. You're not going up and saying, hey, you look beautiful or trying to get a phone number or whatever. You're just creating a playful interaction. So that's just like tiny little sample of an exercise and experiment that we have given men in the past. And it's so good because it's just imagining that it's just the awkwardness, the what is this exchange going to be like? How's it going to end up? It's amazing where the mind goes before even trying. Oh yeah. And then here's the thing is, of course, with so many guys, they see somebody that they're attracted to and they say, what do I say? Uh, Which I would actually love to dive into a little bit deeper. This is something I love talking about. But, you know, what do I say? This is a fun way of just giving them something super fun to go up and say to somebody. Mm-hmm. And have a fun interaction. Sure. Well, let's go into it a little bit more then. So what, what do you say when you're encountering? Yeah. What do I say? So the first thing is to figure out something that maybe some guys can figure it out. I can't. It doesn't seem to work too well for any guy I've ever talked to. And the first step here is to just pause and slow down and say, what's alive for me right here? What's the truest thing in my experience right now? Maybe it's that I'm nervous. What's happening inside of my body? What's alive for me in regards to this woman over there? Is it just that she's got enormous tits and a really great ass? Or is it more than that? Is there something about her energy? Is it the way that she's smiling? Is it the way she did her hair today? Is it the way her contrast of the color of her earrings against her eyes that's really sparking joy for me, right? So slowing down and getting present to what's actually sparking my desire is step number one. And from there, approaching and starting a conversation with a woman is a totally different thing than some scripted opening pickup line or something like that. And it can be helpful to get grounded. Again, like this piece of grounding, what do I want? You know, what's actually happening inside of me right now? If she looks beautiful and I love how her earrings look against her eyes right now, maybe what I want right now is to go express that to her. 
Maybe she is just beautiful and I want to go connect with her. It can be something as simple as going up and saying, hey, I'm Roberto. <laughs> Wanted to come up and talk to you. I felt a little bit nervous to come up and approach you. I don't want to bug you, but wanted to say hi. How are you today? Yeah. So that's taking the inner peace. Once you tune in and get present to what's going on inside of you, you can actually use that as a authenticity right off the bat. You can also go up and say, I just wanted to let you know that you look gorgeous today. Those earrings, the blue of your earrings look so gorgeous against the green of your eyes. Mm -hmm. And that's also a very authentic expression right off the bat. Yeah. And that's what I like about it is because it's real. It's that you're not having to look for anything. You're not having to fish in your brain for strategy, you know, one through a hundred of how to initiate contact. It's just, hey, this is what's really up. We're so disconnected from what's true for us in so many ways. And it just takes a little practice to slow down and pause and get present to it. And this is why we call this work we do with men, Authentic Dating Secrets, is that it's all founded upon from moment one, this platform of authenticity, literally from step one. We firmly believe that if you are in any way being disingenuous or hiding, lying, manipulating, that's not a platform for a relationship. There are tools that you can use to go out there and get laid, get sex, get phone numbers, get attention from women. And you can do that in a manipulative way. They work. Dudes use them. They've gotten a lot of, you know, quote results. It's not a foundation for an actual authentic, intimate relationship. Even if you don't want partnership right now, even if Roberto's out there and he just wants to be dating around and he doesn't want to get into a deep partnership, Roberto's out there wanting to do it in a way that's still totally authentic. He doesn't want to be manipulative mm. along the way. Right. Yeah, well, that's great. And that just goes back to the premise we started with here is, is getting clear on what we want. And I wanted to comment on a specific piece of this where overcoming that death feeling, because <laughs> that is oftentimes such the obstacle. <laughs> and, and I find whether it's approaching a woman or it's something else, you know, starting your business, you know, reaching out to a prospective client, there's the step where you just got to throw yourself out there and prove to your ego that you're not going to die. Cause that's really what it feels like is if I don't get the outcome I want, I might actually die. And that is enough to keep me from taking that leap. Even like you said, if it's, do I look more like Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt? And they're like, uh, no, thanks. And you're like, okay, well, that's, wasn't what I wanted, but I'm still alive. I still have a pulse. Okay. That's not so bad. You got to start to build that reservoir of evidence that this doesn't kill me. And as you're talking, where my mind goes is again, back to the ecosystem quality of all of this, the synergistic aspect of all of the different aspects of being a human being. Yes. You got to go out there and you just got to do the thing that makes you scared. And the way that we approach our work is cool. We sent you out on an exercise to connect with women and you were terrified and maybe you didn't do it at all, or maybe you killed it, or maybe you talked to two women instead of five, whatever the case is, something came up for you. You get to take that back into your training, your program, your men's group, whatever it is, process that, work on it, get yourself a little bit more freed up. It's going to excavate the next layer of inner work for you to do so that you can get yourself more free and go out there and keep taking some action. And this is the way that we expand our capacity is this relationship between the inner work and the outer work. And both are crucial. Again, like I said at the beginning, the work we do is not mental masturbation. There's a very real physical component to it. And as human beings, we got to do stuff. And that's a crucial part of the process. Yeah. <laughs>
Awesome, man. So listen, before we start wrapping things up and putting a bow on this, one more thing that popped into my head was peacocking. And thinking of how I was when I was a younger version of myself, I was so uncomfortable with the actual verbal initial contact that my way of getting a female's attention and garnering some interest was demonstrating what I could do or what I look like or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I had some success with that. You know, I was a bodybuilder back in college and always an athlete. So there was some of that interest that's generated just because I was a dude who was in shape and that would get attention. But as far as a longer lasting committed relationship, that wasn't an effective strategy. It's a little bit jargony, but peacocking is a term from the pickup artist world that basically means whether it's bodybuilding or wearing more extravagant clothing, it's a way of visually, physically getting yourself noticed. Look, it's a tool. Mm -hmm. Same answer. It's a tool. (laughs) There you go. I'll talk about Robert. (laughs) for a second, not Roberto, but Robert for a second. I love looking good. It's been a really significant part of my life has been up-leveling my fashion, figuring out how to look really stylish, figuring out what brands, what clothing, what looks. I want to look really good. I want to be able to walk into a place and be the sharpest dude in the room. And is some of that ego-driven? Is some of that seeking validation? Maybe. Is some of it coming from a really genuine place where my soul knows that I'm a beautiful man and I have a beautiful inner world. I love myself and I want that to be expressed on the outside in terms of how I take care of myself and how I dress myself and how I express myself through clothing and through aesthetics. Yes. You know, it just takes some inquiry around what are my motivations? Am I just trying to fill up a hole? But you look anywhere in nature and beauty is a part of it. You look at a bird making a nest and those things are beautiful. And it's only in situations where an organism's nervous system is disorganized and holding on to some kind of stuck emotion or trauma that their outer expression becomes disorganized. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love that you bring in nature to it because that's often what I look to as a resource. And why am I doing it in the first place? Because it's not really any different for me. I like looking good. When I'm in shape, I feel good. It used to be because I thought that would get approval, validation from other people. Now it's because I feel my best when I look a certain way and feel a certain way. So a couple lightning round questions, and then you can tell us where guys can go and work with you and Joshua. You ready for it? Let's go there. All right. So what is one thing you've learned in your life you wish you knew back when you were 18? That... I can share my pain with other people. (laughs) That's awesome. Can I tell you what Joshua said when I asked him this, when he was on the show? He said, how to eat pussy, (laughs) which I was like, yeah, dude, I wish I knew that when I was 18 too, but that one stands out in my mind. I'll never forget that answer. Yeah. (laughs) For me, when I was 18, I was just starting to enter into a really dark period. I nearly killed myself when I was 21 and I had no inner resources to let anybody know what I was actually experiencing. I think a lot of us are there, man. Okay. And what do you think is the most important value to have as a man? I would say that the most important value to have as a man is the value of finding the most important value to you as a man. Choosing what that is for yourself. Yeah. Getting really clear about what that is for you because it's not going to be the same for every man. And it would be wrong of me to imply that there was any single value for a man other than that. So then what is that value for you? It would be hard for me to put it into one single value right now, but honesty, transparency, those are oftentimes what it really comes down to is, you know, what's the deepest truth that I can find inside of myself beneath the layers of thoughts and emotions? What's the deepest truth? And for me, that's honesty. That's the process of honesty. Sure. 
and it starts inward and then it goes outward. It, I find it in myself and then I speak it, I act it and so on and so forth. And last but not least, where can the good people out there find you, follow you, get involved with the Brotherhood community and authentic dating secrets? Yeah, brotherhoodcommunity.com is our website. We have a website for authentic dating secrets as well, authenticdatingsecrets.com. We do Facebook, we do Instagram. Come connect with us. Awesome, man. Well, listen, thanks for taking the time to be on here. It was great chatting with you. I'm glad that now I've got a refreshed look at what the dating landscape looks like. It hasn't really changed that much. There's just bumbles and bimbles and stuff out there now that I I missed the boat on. (laughs) Let me wrap it up with one more really quick thing, which is that the things that we teach are really the platform for a long-term deep intimate partnership or for any kind of deep intimate partnership. These are tools of intimacy. They're tools of authenticity. They're tools of honesty. And it's the platform for everything that you want in any part of your life, really. So, Yeah. And I think what you guys are creating is really great. It's an essential process to go through to really prepare for a long-term committed relationship. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it's not just about dating is what I'm wanting to say. Yeah. This is about living life as an authentic, deep man who's able to create beautiful things in the world. Awesome, man. Well, thank you for doing that work and make sure you tell Joshua I said what's up and we'll have to get yep. you guys both on here sometime in the future for another chapter of this. Let's do it, man. Yeah. All right, brother. You be well, man. Thank you so much. I'm really glad we got to dive into this topic because it's an important one. It's important for us men to know how to connect with women and in a romantic way, yes, and just generally connecting with women in a way that makes them feel safe. It's really what it comes down to. If there's one thing that I've learned in my time, in my studies, in my research, in my experiences, is that the common denominator with all women is they're looking to know whether or not I am a safe space for them. Even if it's a platonic connection, they're looking to see how safe am I, how safe of a space am I making it, because there are so many gifts that the feminine has to offer if only the feminine would feel safe around the masculine. So if you operate and calibrate your compass to this question, how can I make this woman, this feminine in front of me feel safe? then you're already miles ahead of where I was (laughs) because this is stuff I've had to figure out and I wish I would have learned it earlier on in my life. So if you want to hear more about this, if you want to get a little bit deeper into the work, you always hear me talking about the fire circles. Come join us in our virtual men's circles. Get yourself on one of our fire circle teams, fire circle squads. If you want to go next level and really deepen into your purpose and clarify what your reason for being here on this earth is, then sign up for one of our Compass Vision Fasts. All the information is at risingman.org. So go check it out, including the show notes with links and resources to Robert and his work and notes for every single episode that we're doing. It's all at risingman.org now. Wherever you're listening to us, please hit that subscribe button, follow us, get the episodes to be coming to you every single week so you don't miss one because the content has just been rolling out, guys. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to it. Drop some comments. Let us know what you think about the podcast, specifically each episode. I want to hear your biggest takeaways because like I said, this is the best feedback. It lets us know who we got to keep bringing back, what you guys are looking for and how we can better serve the men who are listening, who are a part of the Rising Men. So let us know. If you haven't already, go give us a follow. Check us out on Instagram at Rising Man Movement. Also, our new YouTube channel. I appreciate all you guys who've been subscribing this past week. We're up in our numbers, getting the message out there more. Go check us out at youtube.com slash the Rising Man Movement. We're in there now. So go subscribe if you haven't already. Shout out to my Rising Man Power Team, 
Mark, Julian, Rowan, Sean. Appreciate you guys. We got another member of the power team coming on soon. I'll announce him once he's officially locked and loaded as part of the team. But the team is growing. If you guys are ever interested in becoming a bigger part of the Rising Man movement, hit me up and let me know. Because I love to hear from guys who are ambitious and want to become bigger parts of what we're doing here. And I take this moment to give a special shout out to my brothers, Rowan and Sean. You guys hear these names all the time, unless you're in the fire circles or you've been in our space, you may not know who they are, but these two guys have been working with me for a while. They've brought their creative magic together from the audio world and the visual world to make one creative content love child that they are calling Helix Digital Creations. So I can't say enough about these two fellas uh, in terms of their quality of their content is nothing short of professional and elite, both the video and the audio side. You guys hear it here on the podcast. You're starting to see it with some of the video content that's on the YouTube channel. It's next level. And these guys are always timely, impeccable with the way they deliver the deadlines that I've set for them. And they also happen to be two of the most handsome fellas that I know on this planet. So just quality guys to work with. If any of you guys are out there wanting to create some more audio or visual content to match your message and what you're sending out into the world, go check out Helix Digital Creations and get these fellas on your roster. Because if there's one thing I've emphasized over and over again is that everybody needs a team. So Shout out to you, fellas. Proud of you guys for what you're doing. Keep up the good work. And everybody else out there, don't forget, until next time, rise up and claim your destiny.